Okay, recording. You have a story to tell, and maybe you've thought, I should start a podcast. Meet Anchor. It's a powerful app that lets you record a podcast anywhere and get it heard everywhere. All you need to do is download the free Anchor app and hit record. Just go to anchor.fm slash get started. Make a podcast with Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash get started. Great. I think we got it. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? Welcome to this podcast. My name is Solomon Ali at Solomon Ali NBA on Twitter. We're joined today by Forrest Walker at Do Nots on Twitter. How you doing today, man? Hey, uh, I'm I'm pretty good actually. It's uh, I've had a pretty productive day so far. How about you? Uh, I've had a long day. I've had a long day. <laughs> I'm a very busy day. I'm very tired. Uh, recording this at midnight, uh, March 24th, basically, and we are about. What is it? Thirty six hours away from the trade deadline? Something yeah, it's like, like that. A, it's like thirty thirty eight hours. Thirty eight so hours. Thirty six hours. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty eight <laughs> hours away from the trade deadline. Uh, it is busy season here. The Rockets have already made a trade. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. And uh, there's rumors that they have much more action to do here. We're going to be talking about all that and more. Um, this is kind of my worst type of podcast because I don't have my notes in front of me. Forrest knows how much I rely on these notes, and I hate. <laughs> I hate podcasting without these notes, so I'm be leaning on him uh, quite a bit here today. But we're gonna get we're gonna get through this. We're gonna put up a quality episode, and as soon as we're done recording, like as soon as we're done recording, it is going straight up on the internet. I'm gonna do minimal editing. Just gonna put in the ads uh, because it is trade deadline season, and <laughs> you cannot the lag time between recording and posting is just you you can't afford to have much of it because. You can get outdated so quickly around these parts. Yeah, and they will trade at 3 a.m. They'll do it. <laughs> yes, without a doubt. Like, if you're on your morning computer right now, commute right now, chances are P.J. Tucker is already, not P.J. Tucker, Victor Oladipo is already on another team. Like, that's that's already done. He's he's already in <laughs> uniform playing on his, he's got the physical done already. All, all that's done. He's on the other team. So, let's try and salvage this while we can. Um Let's react to this trade. So the Rockets made a trade. They essentially traded P.J. Tucker, uh, Milwaukee's 2022 uh, first-round pick, and their own 2021 second-round pick uh, in exchange for Milwaukee's 2021 and 2023 first-rounders. Okay, that sounds better. It's a very complicated trade, very unique. Uh, I've I've never seen a trade like this, and I, I asked around. I, I couldn't find anyone who could remember a trade similar to this. They essentially... 
exchanged a second round pick for a first round pick. And then on the other on the other side of things, they traded um, Milwaukee their 2022 second first round pick back in exchange for the 2023 first round pick. So they're betting that Milwaukee's 2023 first round pick will be more valuable than Milwaukee's 2022 sec- first round pick, uh, either by that draft being better or by um, Milwaukee being a worse team or both. You know, both those things are going to be happening. 2023 is the rumored double draft, that year where, um, you know, players can come straight from high school into the NBA, uh, where that starts back up again. So you're going to see the, you know, two classes of talent come out that year, possibly. So that's the bet that Houston's making with this trade. They're also. Basically opting for this over two, a pair of second rounders. I, I bet you they had deals on the market for P.J. Tucker in exchange for two second rounders, and they chose this instead. Um, now, I actually, the front end of things, uh, the part where they traded their second round pick for the for Milwaukee's first round pick, I actually really like that part of the deal. I think that's a good deal of business. I, I think that's probably more valuable than a second round pick and less valuable but, uh, than a first round pick. Uh, even though you are getting a first round pick, you're tra- because because you're giving up a pick yeah. in exchange for that. I think moving up in the draft actually a little bit more valuable than a second round pick. And you, if Houston wants to, they can buy back into that second round if they uh, you know with cash considerations, uh, and they can get a second round pick again. Um, and as far as uh, that, the fact that they're trading. You know the twenty twenty one for the twenty twenty two for the twenty twenty three. That's TBD. You know we have no idea what, what Milwaukee is going to be in two years. We have no idea what the Milwaukee is going to be in three years. So it's really an you know an up and down question for that. Uh, How did you feel about this trade? I thought it's pretty good, honestly. Uh, it's about what you were going to get for him at this point. Uh, I I think it's fun as well, uh, but I'll get to that in terms of quality. I think it's fair. He was not going to be playing well in Houston. He was his marginal value had completely tanked. Obviously, uh, I was honestly surprised that they had, didn't send him off earlier. Given that the corroboration that PEJ Tucker wanted to be on a better team was not only surprising uh, or unsurprising, but only surprising because it came so late. Uh, so I, I think it's a pretty good trade overall. He hasn't been really producing very well in in in, uh, in Milwaukee yet, has he? <laughs> no, no, he hasn't been playing much for Milwaukee, uh, and. You know, th- this was always the question. A lot of people had wondered whether or not P.J. Tucker was washed or whether or not he was unmotivated. I thought it was probably a combination of the two, right? Like, I I don't think he's completely washed. I think he has still some left in the tank um, and probably worth the, the remainder of this contract, right? What, what is it? He has $8 million left for the season. He's probably going to be worth exactly that. And then after, next season, I'd be really hesitant to give him, giving him a guaranteed deal uh, longer than one year. Um, and that's essentially what he, it came down to in terms of the extension. That's why Houston did not want to give him uh, more than one guaranteed season. And P.J. Tucker wanted more. And, you know, there was a disagreement about Tucker's value between his camp and the Rockets. And that's where the Rockets decided, screw it. We're just going to we're just going to find you a new home. And they did. And, um, you know, the question, I guess, you one of you have to ask yourself when evaluating this trade is, would you have done this over two second rounders? I think this is slightly better than that. Uh, I, I I don't blame anyone for saying this might be worse than that or a wash. I it's I think it's in that general area though. 
Uh, I think it's about right. I I definitely uh, think this is a fair trade. Uh, I I I before we move on, I want to say that I hope that PJ Tucker has a great career. Uh, you know, remaining year in in uh, in Milwaukee, I want him to do very well and get in far into the playoffs. I also want the Bucks to uh, transfer some pretty good picks to Houston. And <laughs> <laughs> on the note, I gotta say, I I the thing I think is cool about this trade is that it's this real like NBA two K style trade, as it were, where you're trying to kind of find like something in value between like a first and second round draft pick, as you mentioned earlier. I think it's interesting and creative. Uh, and because of that, I do think it's, if not better than two second round draft picks, which I think it probably is. Like, I think you're right that like swapping uh, a second round pick for a first round pick is better than a second round pick and, and so on. Uh, it's just cool. That they did something weird like this. I mean, I think uh, a part of, not the biggest part, but part of the fun of being a Rockets fan uh, and paying attention to this team is that they do weird, interesting things like that. So it feels uh, I recognize the team more than I have in a while to see them doing weird pick shenanigans. Right. The creativity is still there, right? And, and we saw some of this with the Christian Wood fiasco, I would say, because like the, the series of transactions it took to land Wood actually netted them first round picks, which was crazy, right? Like the fact that they ended out with they ended that series of transactions with two first round picks and Christian <laughs> Wood. Well, you know, it gave you a lot of confidence in Houston's front office going forward. And this kind of stuff is in that, you know, in, in that territory where they're still thinking outside the box. They're still doing creative stuff. Um, you know, and, you know, it, it is definitely reminiscent of like 2012-ish Rockets front office stuff. Like when, when Maury was definitely churning the first rounders, um, finding value, trading, you know, 75 cents for a dollar here and there. That kind of stuff that they were doing back then. It's definitely reminiscent, reminiscent of that. Yeah, uh, I I hope that the next trades they do also have interesting things going on because I think there is a lot of room to find uh, trades, as people said, are not about one person winning, one person losing. They're about both teams finding a way to win. And I think by being more creative with these draft picks and things like protections and stuff, you can actually find like more granular bits of value that can allow both teams to come away from something with a win instead of it being like, Oh, I had, we had to give up a draft pick for someone who's probably not quite worth a draft pick. So uh, I like it. I think it's a win for both teams, honestly, uh, as long as PJ Tucker, you know, gets his groove back a little bit in Milwaukee. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm glad to see him be able to get out of a situation that he didn't want to and honestly didn't deserve to be in. Yeah, and in real world terms, this is probably only going to be like four or five spots, right? Like they're trading a pretty good first round, second rounder because they're so bad, right? Uh, and and uh, Milwaukee's uh, first rounder is going to be pretty bad because they're so good. At the same time, they're not top of the East good anymore, right? They are third in the Eastern Conference, and and record wise, they're like fifth in the league. So it's going to be like twenty five in the draft, right? That's pretty good. Uh, moving from like thirty first to 25 at six spots. Um, let's talk about um, Victor Oladipo, shall we? So you want to read the report from Adrian Wojnarowski? Yes. Uh, so the report is that he is being shopped around heavily right now, and he is getting the most interest from uh, the Heat and the Knicks in particular, which lines up with what Oladipo had previously uh, expressed. Uh, and that the Rockets are, let's see, uh, they're since he's trying to become a free agent this summer, they're doing you know, what they can get. 
uh, and they want to get cap space and young players, obviously. Uh, not cap space. Uh, they want to get draft picks. More draft picks. Uh, <laughs> if there's one thing the Rockets want, is draft picks. Yeah, and it's interesting because M- Miami and New York are actually hesitant to trade for, give up much for Oladipo because they have cap space this summer. Yeah. So they're betting that, that we, we can just get him in, in, in free agency for nothing, right? And so what you're, what you're looking at here is that teams that are capped out and vying for good playoff positioning uh, are the kinds of teams that are interested in Victor Oladipo. And, you know, I, I came up with a list here of teams that I think, you know, match this profile, right? Like, I, I think these kinds of teams seem like natural landing spots from that description that Woj gave out. Um, Atlanta, Dallas, Denver, Golden State, and the Lakers. And let me go through all these. So Atlanta okay. makes a lot of sense because obviously that's his former coach, right? Nate McMillan. Um, and, uh, they have a clear need there. They want, you know, they're, they're fifth in the East right now. They want to make a run. They want to capitalize on what they're getting from Trey young Dallas. Obviously, uh, they are not liking what they're getting at the shooting guard position. Uh, and you know, trading Seth Curry has ended up becoming a disaster for them. Uh, so I think that seems like a natural spot, uh, the, the problem with Dallas is obviously the first round pick, right? They owe a first round pick to New York. So they don't want to be caught in a similar position where they're having to depend um, on being really, really good to outset uh, what could be a pretty bad trade in trading for, um, in trading for Chris, Chris Porzingis. I don't think that, I think they're still going to end up on the net positive with the, with the Porzingis trade, but there has been a lot of discussion about that. Uh, but yeah, uh, upgrading on Josh Richardson there at the two guard spot seems na- seems natural. Golden State. So Golden State is interesting because obviously they're in a weird spot in their franchise's you know life cycle, right? They're trying to capitalize on on Steph Curry's la- you know prime years, right? His last prime years. He's thirty three years old. Uh, they're trying to squeeze as much as they possibly can out of them. They're not afraid to pay into luxury tax, right? They are paying through the nose in luxury tax right now. Uh, they they do need to upgrade at that shooting guard position while Clay is out. And I think even when Clay returns next season, having Victor Oladipo play the three is not a bad idea, or even having Clay play the three, because he's probably not going to be as mobile, mobile defensively as he once was. So that seems like a logical fit. I think this right here it might be my favorite fit, though. Denver. So Denver has a huge, huge need at the shooting guard position because they are getting almost nothing out of Gary Harris at this moment, right? Gary Harris had a really great season two years ago, and ever since then, he's been he's not been able to bounce back. And they've been shopping his contract around to anybody that will take him, essentially, right? And I think, you know, they need some more juice here for this final stretch. Uh, it's hard to like them in a matchup against the Lakers or the Clippers, even though those two teams aren't exactly in tip-top shape right now. Lakers obviously dealing with the injuries. Clippers just not being as good as they should be. Um, so I think having Oladipo for that kind of a matchup seems like a pretty good idea to ju- just add some more juice there. Like have, have some more offensive fire pa- firepower there next to Jamal Murray and, and Nicole Jokic and just upgrade over Gary Harris. For God's sake, they need to upgrade over Gary Harris. He has not looked like the Gary Harris of old. So that seems like a natural spot. I put the Lakers in there just because I think 
they're always going to be, you know, kind of smelling around at these kinds of trades. I don't, I'm not sure what they have to offer, but again, I'm not sure what Victor Odipo's market is right now. Like, like the, <laughs> that's the real question, right? What is, what can they even expect to get for him? Like, so I think best case scenario, they can nab a first round pick, right? That's what they want. I think they're having trouble getting that first round pick. And I think they're putting out that they want a first round pick at a young player, but I think they'll settle for a first round pick and expiring contract or a young player and like a, and like a multiple second round picks. Uh, that's my guess right now because Oladipo has not played like the kind of player that would demand a first round pick, especially because he's not under contract for next season. You are trading for his bird rights. How, how much teams value his bird rights is a real question. So what you're really trading for is for his value in the stretch run in the playoffs and his the right to re-sign him this summer. And I'm not sure, you know, if either of those are really that attractive right now. He's played pretty good over the past five games, right? The pa- the past five games he was healthy. But again, he has to he has to sit out back to backs. When he's healthy, he's his efficiency's dropped off, especially finishing at the rim. He's just he has athletic bursts. He tries these creative finishes, right? Like he'll you do weird like reverse layups and stuff like that. He's just not making them. He can't finish through contact. The three point percentages are a disaster. So, you know, I think Houston is trying to get get what they can get for him right now, which is surprising. I thought Houston would be, you know, willing to let his contract expire. And that that's something I talked about with Jonathan Fagan on in in my last podcast was like, I think they seriously. I mean, I thought they were seriously considering the idea of just letting his contract expire and taking the space. It seems like they just want to get something for him while they can. I mean, fair enough at this point. Uh, I think the math has kind of changed on this team over the last, uh, let's say exactly 21 games. (laughs) (laughs) So if if he's going to go anyway, right? Like is the cap space useful for them this off season? Is there, This episode is brought to you by Cox Home Life. Cox helps make your home smarter. And now you can see what's happening around your home right from your couch. Just pull up your home life cameras on your TV with your contour voice remote and some simple voice commands. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're outside? Say, show me my backyard camera. And to see who's at the door, just say, show me my front porch camera. To learn more, visit cox.com slash thisishome question and if they get an expiring contract for him then that's that's going off the books either way so they might as well as get something in the interim and also importantly you know he didn't want to be there <laughs> send him somewhere he would like to be uh which is i think valuable as well to show that that you know when suddenly players find themselves in a tanking team they should be given the option to uh to head on out of there if it's what's right for them in their career but i think that does make it more complicated right like the places he wants to go is a list that is one item long it's the miami heat uh and you know i guess they have reason to go to try to grab his bird rights like you said but how much are those bird rights really worth the miami heat uh that's that is the big question the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. 
Well, here's here's what's complicated for the Miami Heat. Like, if you're not going to use that space on Victor Oladipo this summer, who are you going to use it, use it on? Because I, I, my best guess is all these teams, not my best guess. Like I know all these teams were saving their cap space for Giannis, right? And when well, the minute Giannis signed that extension, the minute Paul George signed that extension, these teams were flat out of luck. And Oladipo right now is one of the mo- more attractive free agents on the market. It's that doesn't speak very well for this market, but like that, it, <laughs> no. it is, it is what it is because all these guys signed extension. And the market's just dried up. So these guys are gonna have these teams are gonna have to spend the space on somebody. Could it be Victor Odipo or could it be somebody else? I don't know. But um, it seems like um, these uh, the Heat and the Knicks are reluctant to give up premium assets, and I don't blame them. They they shouldn't. They they should not be giving up anything of serious consideration for Odipo. At least the Odipo that we see right now. But by yeah, but by the same token, should anybody else also? And this is kind of the problem, right? Like the teams you've laid out, there's good cases for those teams. But if we're being honest, like the net, all right, the net rating of the Hawks and the Mavericks and the Warriors, it's all like below two. <laughs> this is they're not great teams; they're okay teams. But they making a try to, they're not going to make a push for like a, a deep playoff run with Victor Oladipo, and what? maybe they just want to have him in there to try to make their you know make the playoffs more consistently or like have a better shot. But it's not make or break for them. And if he's going to leave anyway in the off season, you know what's how valuable is that to them? Is the question. Well, that's why I really like the Nuggets here, right? Because that's a team that actually has has the chance of making a deep playoff run, right? Um, now, I wouldn't bet on them making a deep playoff run just because I have serious, you know, doubts about their roster consideration. But shaking up the roster, is, you know, with the move like this, might be what gets you over the hump in a playoff series against, you know, maybe not the Lakers, but against the Clippers, maybe, right? I mean, like they 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 beat the Clippers. Right, like, 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 and I know you know a lot. Of t- a lot of people have uh, feelings about that playoff run because it was in the bubble and because um, it was the Clippers, right? But like, I have confidence that they could compete in a series against the Lakers again. They have the same net rating right now. Like, they're they're both they at, at plus five point three. So you know that's a team that makes logical sense to me. Now I'm not sure what again. I'm not sure what they'd be willing to give up, but uh, I mean, I, I'm guessing it's it's going to be. Uh, an amalgamation of Gary Harris and some kind of draft consideration. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a good uh, it's a good pull because what you're looking for is a place where he will probably be able to start for the team, right? Like, I think there's a good case to be made that Oladipo is probably more useful as like a six man type player at this point in his career uh, and where he's at, at the moment. I think he could actually be pretty valuable there, but he's he doesn't not going to want that, and it's not the kind of thing you're going to get a big trade haul for. So, I think a place where he is going to start and he is going to make the playoffs does have more of a motivation to throw something valuable out there for him. Yeah, the point about him accepting a six-man consideration is going to be, you know, it's it's pretty smart for you to pointing that out cuz I'm like he's taking like 20 shots a game for Houston. Like it, it is insane. Like he is literally I mean, if you've watched Victor Odivo, he's tanking possessions. Right? Like he he's he he will break up whatever the hell the Rockets are doing on offense to chuck up a shot. Right? And if you're if you're a Rockets fan rooting for the tank, you know like this is great. Like the keep Victor Oladipo. Hell, why trade him? Like this this does wonders for that for that draft uh, for that draft pick. But 
Um, if if you're if you're Steven Silas and you're looking at him just taking these shots, breaking up what you're trying to do on offense, trying to build a culture, right? Like I think I think yeah. Silas is still trying yeah. to win games. Like he, like that guy and and the and the Rockets more generally. Like I think th- they're losing games not because they want to, but because they're not good. <laughs> like, That's- that's so important. I'm really glad you said that. That is, this is not like a team engineered to be terrible. This is a team that turned out to be terrible. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. Um, it, I think it is a sign that the James Harden trade, or at least part of it, didn't go the way they wanted. Uh, in that Oladipo, um, or you know, like if 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 they let the contract expire, hell, maybe they wanted to just they wanted the space. I don't know, but I, I, my guess is that they expected more from Oladipo when they made that trade, and uh, it's it's not worked out for them. Yeah, I think so. I think if you're Silas and you're the Rockets, your your consideration of culture is a huge deal, right? If I were them right now, I'd be very concerned with trying to make this go from a team that is shooting itself in the foot to lose games, and instead be a team that is losing games even though they are building something, right? That's what you want. You want you want younger players who are developing and some veterans who are willing to take on a role to help a developing team find themselves. And you want to be losing games because the players are trying to work together as a team, but they're still figuring themselves and the team out and not because they're breaking possessions. That's what you want. Uh, So, you know, the guys like PJ Tucker and Victor Oladipo are prime candidates to get moved out because that's not that's not helping build for the future. And it's not helping build their team culture in a way that's going to work. Like they need a bunch of te- a bunch of guys who are young and excited to win every single game they can manage to win, uh, but still lose enough games to get a good draft pick. And shipping guys like that, like Oladipo and Tucker out, like, yeah, it, it may actively help you lose games, but <laughs> but. It opens up increased roles for guys like Kevin Porter Jr., Jay Sean Tate, who is now a starter and has been a starter for a while now with the Rockets because he's just taken PJ Tucker's spot, right? Like, and my guess is that if Oladipo gets traded, like you know, someone like Sterling Brown or Kevin Porter Jr. gets that spot, and you know, guys like that are twenty-five and younger, more likely to be a part of Houston's core uh, than someone like Oladipo. So yeah, I th- I, I think this works both ways. Uh, what the return the return Houston gets back is still up in the air. If you were to ask me right now, like just gun to my head, what do I think Houston gets for Tuck for Oladipo? I think they get a pretty bad first round pick uh, that's protected, obviously uh, lottery protected and um, and expirings. Like I, I think I think that's that's probably what what I think they get. Um, with what I think they want, I mean, I they're I think they're posturing right now, right? Like they're 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 not going to get both young <laughs> players and and a first round pick, right? It's the same thing with the James Harden trade. They're a, they're asking for a king's ransom of picks and a, a premium blue collar kind of player. They they got a ransom of picks. They didn't get that blue chip player, right? Like so, I think they're probably getting one or the other. And I'm, I'm, my guess is that they get the, they get the pick or who knows, maybe they make a trade with the team like Dallas. Maybe they get a player like Josh green, who was a first round pick last year. Right. And, and you can just, that's a good way to sell to your fan base. Hey, look, we got a first round pick out of this, even though technically it's not a first round pick. It is, you know, it's a player that was drafted in the first round literally last season. So maybe that's the way you sell this. But um, I, I I don't think they're gonna if they're expecting to get like a premium asset like if 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 you're trading with a team like the Hawks like I don't think you're gonna get a player like um Cam Reddish right like for example I don't think you're gonna get an asset like that but maybe you get someone like a Kongwu 
right? Like, I think that's the kind of trade you're looking for if you're Houston. You're not going to get a premium young player. You're going to get, you know, a second tier young player, which is pretty much what you're going to get in a late late first round pick anyways. So either way, they're getting late first round pick value. It really depends on what kind of form they get it in, though. Yeah, I think it's about right. Uh, and it's fine for them. They Whether they get uh, some more draft picks, that will, even if they're not particularly good draft picks, anything Whoa. helps load up the coffers. Hold on. So, 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 slow down there. Picks or pick? Well, I mean, like a pick or maybe like a bad couple of seconds or something. Okay. All right. I just wanted to stop you there. Because if you, if, you, if you were insinuating that they were getting more than first round, no, one first no, round that- pick. That was that was the pick open parenthesis s close okay parenthesis. okay that's what I thought it was that's <laughs> yeah. what I thought it was okay yeah um so th- that's what I think they'll get for, that's what I think they'll get for Odipo um and you know before I, I would have said it was a coin toss whether or not they were trading Odipo I'd say it's probably like seventy thirty now I think they're probably gonna trade uh, Odipo and they might as well yeah we'll, we'll, and we'll see I. I it could hell. It could be the trade again. We were joking earlier, but that trade might be done by the time we're done with this podcast. Uh, who knows? Yeah, it's been a weird trade season too because these trades are seem to be more likely to happen at random times. I mean, they're maybe we'll get a in, huge flurry. Right? Yeah, they're, yeah. No, they're not coming in as a flurry. They're they're dripping in like a faucet, and and uh, it, it, we could get a, a late. You know, trade deadline flurry happened a few years ago within that Goran Dragic trade deadline, right? Like where uh, Woj tweeted halfway through that he was like, "Oh my goodness!" Like it was like like a string of trades that happened out the buzzer. Um, we could get something like that, you know? Who knows? But I I don't think we're gonna get a huge name to be traded. Maybe someone like Aaron Gordon. You know, Old Depot might be the biggest name that gets moved. But um, as far as you know, a, a huge huge name getting traded, I you know James Harden was that name this season. And that trade's yeah. done. Yeah, this season's weird too because there's so many teams that that think they're better than they are or think they should be better than they are. And I think there's not really a ton of teams who are just trying to like hold a fire sale. Rockets are actually one of the few teams that know they suck, I feel like. I mean, we have like like the, like the Trailblazers think they're good. They're 21st in that rating. You know, like the Heat are twentieth. All there are so many teams that like are underperforming compared to where they think they should be. That it's going to be hard to see a lot of people like being willing to part with really big game changer assets, in my opinion. Right. Um. I want to bring up a subject that uh, I'm writing about this in my newsletter, and I feel like I, I might as well talk about it here. So, I like last week I tweeted a hypothetical trade involving Christian Wood. And I was with somebody when I tweeted this, and it was it was this person's idea. And what, what the idea behind this tweet was to just to see how far in the tank Rockets are, Rockets fans are for, for Christian Wood, right? Because I just wanted to test how far. And I I, I knew it, it would get like it, it would be like seventy percent no and like thirty percent yes, <laughs> right? It ended up being like eighty seven percent no and thirteen percent yes. And th- what really surprised me is not the vote. But the volume of tweets I got that weren't even willing to hear this idea of trading Christian Wood. And I bring this up to say this. Rockets fans, this rebuild is going to be hard and it's going to be long. If you're finding yourself getting attached to players on this roster right now, where it's very clear that they don't have a player that could be the best player on a championship team, you are going to get gut punched at some point during this rebuild. At some point during this rebuild, there's going to be a trade that knocks you off guard, that you aren't surprised, that, that, that you weren't expecting, excuse me. And 
it's going to be a name that you know shocks you. It could be Christian Wood, could be Jay Sean Tate, could be anybody. But if you're finding yourself getting attached to players on this roster, I have I have a huge. <laughs> I I I just, I just want to warn you against that. Okay, like because this is they when they made the James Harden trade. They could have done two two things. They could have traded for a blue chip prospect and fast tracked their rebuild, right? Like if they got if they traded for Ben Simmons, they'd be in more of a, a win now kind of phase. Or they could have did this trade, right, where they traded for the King's ransom of picks. By trading for the King's ransom of picks, that's signaling that this tra- this rebuild is going to be longer than you expect. And especially, I mean, they just lost twenty basketball games in a row. Like if so, if you're expecting like a magic bullet, magic bullet solution, like even if they get the first round, the first pick in, in in this draft, like it's unlikely that they're in the playoff picture for four or five years. Christian Wood is 25 right now, and I feel pretty safe saying that he's not going to be the best player on championship team. So if you're fine again, my number one tip for fans that are invested in this team. And you're watching this rebuild play out. If you're finding yourself getting attached to individual players right now, don't. You have to see. You have to look at the bigger picture, right? Like otherwise, you're going to be one of these Rockets fans that got shocked in 2011 when Kyle Lowry got traded, right? Or one of these Sixers fans that got shocked when Drew Holiday got traded. Like, yes, these players are really good. They're really solid pieces that you could have as the second, third, fourth best players on a championship team. They're not the best player on a championship team, and if your if your team if your team does not have that, like you should be prepared for the roster to get traded down to the studs. Yeah, uh, I I'm of two minds with this. I I think you're, I mean you're right. Obviously, these guys are going to get traded because the plan is not for anybody who's on the team right now to be that. Well, I mean, that'd be great if that happens. I'm sure they'd be overjoyed if that occurs, but it's they know unlikely. it's not going to. Yeah, right. <laughs> like management knows that this is an intermediary stage, and it will be that for a while. Uh, I do think it sort of t- like sucks for the fan experience that so much of running a basketball team is like financialized in this fashion. That like rosters are this kind of pile of assets, but that's a whole different conversation. This, the conversation here is just that. Yeah, what why, why I recommend to people is that you should be rooting for these individual players. You should be rooting for them to do well. And them doing well can mean them going to a different team and having a different and better opportunity there. Like, there's going to come a time where the best, even if we're just concerned with doing right by Christian Wood, right? Like, from the perspective of doing right by him, you probably don't want to trade him right right now unless you're blown away by something, right? Because he, he seems to want to be here. Uh, but even from the, concern, the standpoint of doing right by him, there's going to come a time where there's a better situation somewhere else for him. And like rooting for him to go to that situation is honestly the better course. In my opinion, all these players are going to at some point find themselves somewhere else and it's going to be better for them. And we should be okay with that. And we should be rooting for them to have the best situation they can have, because this is, this is just a train station. You know, this is not the end. This is not the start of the journey. This is a train station in the middle. Uh, and people are going to get on and off that train. So just worry about where the train's going and worry about like that the that the individual players are having a good time. Daryl Morey was on the radio in 2010 telling Rockets fans to not buy jerseys with names on the back. 
he he was telling he was telling them if you're gonna buy a Rockets jersey, put your own name on the back. Don't put a player's name on the back. For God's sake, don't buy any of those players, right? Because um, get, get, get you a Elijah Wan jersey, <laughs> right? Like, 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 and that's kind of what I'm trying to say here. If you find yourself getting attached to these players, I have news for you. Like, they're not gonna be here for the long haul. Yeah, I, I think it's fine to get attached to them. Just get attached to them as a player and not as a Houston Rocket. You know, it'd be like, hey, it's okay if Jayshon Tate or Christian Wood or or et cetera goes to like the Knicks or something. And we can, you can still root for them to have a great career somewhere else. And listen, I tweeted that just spitballing. And if you disagreed with me about the value, that's fine. We can have a conversation. There are some people that are like, oh, that's not enough for Christian Wood. That's fine. I, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with being, with, you know, you disagree with me about his value or tweet or disagreeing with like the value of a player. But this idea that someone on the roster right now is untouchable is just unfounded. <laughs> it's just completely I mean, unfounded. I mean, he's probably not going to be touched because it's unlikely that at current there is a deal good enough for him out there right now. That yes, there. yes, yeah. right now, <laughs> right, right now. And 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 again, like I was not when I tweeted that I was not expecting him to get traded at the deadline for even yeah. the deal that I that I that I suggested. I was just doing that just to gauge his value among Rockets fans, just to see how, how again how far in the tank they were for this guy. Um, and it was pretty far on the take. But yeah, I mean, the, the, that's the plan though, right? The plan is to have, develop a bunch of good players so that you can package them together with picks if there's an opportunity to do so, right? Like the plan is to grow their value as players and their value as players to the Rockets is not really if they can win or lose games in Houston, but rather if someone else thinks they, they can win or lose games there. Yeah, like for example, like if a trade for Christian Wood gets you closer to acquiring a player like Kawhi Leonard, the Rockets are going to do that trade, right? Whether it's a, a trading him in a Kawhi Leonard deal or trading him to acquire assets to then convert into a Kawhi Leonard deal, they're going to do that deal, no questions asked. And, you know, if, if you're just surprised by the idea that this player would even be on the market, like, I, I just, I, you have to adjust your thinking here. Like, and, and I, I think there are some, you know, people that just, Believe okay, so this guy's gonna be our center of the future. This guy's gonna be our power forward of the future. This guy's gonna be our point guard. Like, no, <laughs> no, no, it's that's just how it's that's just how it's been for like nine years. You know, it's hard to get out of that mode, right? That like, it has been trying to find these players who are gonna hang out for a long time and like mesh into a core, sure. Yeah, and, and here's my thinking here's, here's my thing. I mean, like, you're not you cannot think that way anymore, like, like, like these guys are all fungible pieces that can be moved at any point, right? And probably will be moved at some point. Like, my, my best guess is three, two or three years from now, there will be two, maybe three players remaining from this roster, which means they're going to make a bunch of trades over the next few years. And I, I just, you know, I just, I just don't want you guys to get thrown off guard if a trade happens. Because at, at, at this moment, I feel like you guys are going to get knocked on your just by the way you're reacting to stuff that I'm just throwing out there. Yeah, like I said, I'm just I'm sticking with you know what, good for him. <laughs> That's where I'm going to be, kind of no matter what happens. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, listen, like I, I'm probably not going to be the most liked, uh, you know, Rockets reporter. I don't care. I, it's never my it's never my objective. I wasn't the most liked when I was, you know, just telling when I was just writing that the Rockets should not in any way trade for Carmelo Anthony, and Rockets fans were all in the tank training for Carmel Anthony, right? Like I was not popular then and I probably won't be popular for this take, right? I, that's not my intention. My intention is to inform you 
and to tell you where things are probably going to go, the direction that things are probably going <laughs> to yeah. go. Well, I mean, look, I'm, I am no stranger to that, <laughs> to telling people this is going to suck. And they're like, nah, it'll be cool. Look, tanking sucks. It's going to suck for the fans. It's going to suck for the team. There's a reason like that, that teams don't like that to do it. It's no fun. It's not going to be fun for a while. And the only the only fun part about it is getting to root for a variety of fun, exciting young players. So I think everybody should, uh, if you're going to relish anything, relish the idea that you're going to have new players to fall in love with. Right. And, and that's not saying uh, you, you can't root for the Rockets every night, right? Like, that's fine. Go root, root for the Rockets, obviously, right? They're, they're your hometown team. Go go root for them. Like, uh, enjoy them. Yes, they're just going to lose. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's gonna, it's gonna, there's going to be a lot of losing. And um, you probably shouldn't be upset when they don't make the playoffs or when they don't you know, get to 500, <laughs> you know, like, like, <laughs> like, like stuff like that is, um, you just got temporary expectations and, um, see the bigger picture forest through the trees. Indeed. The bigger picture is, uh, building a good culture long-term. That's my stance. And it has been for a while and it will be for a long time. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's just like Houston has to get a superstar player again, right? Like before all of this starts to make sense, like that centerpiece, that core, has to be there, and they—it's not there right now. And if, if, when it's not there, it's very, it's very long. It's very <laughs> stressful if you're a fan of the team. But it's I, this is just how it goes. I, I kind of feel like they're um, they're a at a step even before that, which is like this is a franchise which needs to get <laughs> this, this is a franchise. <laughs> yeah, it, it needs to 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 get it all together, put it in its backpack, and figure out what they're doing right now. Like they've just totally been atomized, and like it's 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 not they're not even at the point where it's time to like look for how to get the next superstar yet they have to figure out how to be the rockets again i feel like like they need to be a team they need to figure out where they're at because this thing fell apart over the course of this season they were like kind of okay at like after james harden left and then christian wood went down and everything spiraled and it got worse and worse and it's it's bad right now like there's there's no question about that it's bad and it's not just that they're losing games but like the team seems uh like dis like disintegrated and disillusioned at the same time so they have a lot of homework before they even get to the part where they have homework if that makes any sense which is probably why i should probably cool it with the rockets fans lecturing because they're reeling in the same way that the team is reeling right uh they're trying to catch their bearings in the same way they're trying to figure out what this new universe of rebuilding is right because they haven't seen rebuilding uh some of them ever right some of them like literally if you re- if you check the demographics for this podcast, I, s- I say it every- like every few weeks. There are eighteen year old Rockets fans. They don't know what rebuilding is, right? They don't know uh, a time without James Harden. They-, they don't know what rebuilding entails, right? And it's going to be a shock for them. And a lot of them were probably confused when like Daryl Morey left, right? Like they're like, oh, should I go root for the Sixers now? Like you know, like or when James Harden got traded, oh, should I go? Should I go root for the for the Nets now? Because I don't want to root for this. I, I I don't. This is completely foreign from what I've been rooting for. Right? Like so, some of them probably had those thoughts because it's just so confusing when you're rebuilding, and when when you get adjusted to a certain level of play, and having to having to get you know, it's it's just whiplash, right? It's just you're getting whiplashed into an entire entirely different dimension 
of team building. <laughs> it's true. I have this is a really astonishing progression. I, I said it before. Like the Rockets in the 2018 playoffs were a hair's breadth away from making and probably winning the NBA Finals. The 20 in May of 2018. Between then, we have the 18-19 season and the 19-20 season. There are two full seasons between then. Two. And now they're like the worst team in the league. They're like in the bottom three for just truly awful. Right now, they're, like, they're a hair's breadth away from Cade Cunningham. That's yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. Like to, and though they, were, they were looking... We forget this in the 2019 playoffs, but like they didn't just get stomped by the Warriors. They they did all right. All right, <laughs> let's let's not let's not forget all that. They were a really good team one regular season ago. It's unbelievable that we're that we face this kind of whiplash. It's very rare that a team goes from like title contention to just complete bottom of the barrel so quickly. And weirdly, that's kind of a Rocket Z thing to me. That like if they're going to do something, they're going to do as hard as anybody possibly can. Right? They they, <laughs> they they do not like care about aesthetics. Now, I, I again, as we as we talked about earlier, I don't think they're doing this on purpose. <laughs> right? you know, at least they at least they weren't for the first half of the season. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Like. But um, again, they they are a franchise that is openly not cared about aesthetics, and the, the, that's you know illustrated by the the people that they brought in: Daryl Morey, uh, James Harden, uh, Mike D'Antoni, Chris Paul. All these players don't care how how it looks; they care about how effective it is. And um, if they still have that culture somewhere within that front office, it might still be the same. We don't know. We don't know what this the culture of this front office is. I'm still trying to evaluate. How they how they move, you know. We're talking about how you know what they did with the PJ Tucker stuff was creative. We're we're still trying to figure out what they are, right? How competent they are, how far away are they from Daryl Morey's Rockets? And I'll say this: yeah. I think they're going to be ruthless either way. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, it, it's uh, it's going to be interesting just to see uh, something new, completely new. Again, different front office, different head coach. Different roster, <laughs> not even different star player. Different roster, right? Uh, so it is. Uh, it's going to be a uh, a different different experience covering this. And I, I, I'm reeling, right? Like I, I, I'm finding myself figuring out. Okay, so how do I cover this team? Like, do I live tweet games anymore? <laughs> like, am I supposed to live tweet games? Like, like, yeah. like, like, like <laughs> I, let me ask you this for us. Like, how many Rockets fans would actually be interested in that? If I'm, if I'm live tweeting games, like before I was like tweeting, oh my God, like James Harden just crossed over Wesley Matthews and the Rockets are up by 20, right? And I'll tweet a video of that, get a billion retweets, whatever, right? I'm not sure if I should tweet anything. Like, like, what, what, what should I, they're down by 20 right no, now. Like, I have, <laughs> I have an actual answer for you. From like me personally, I would like you to live tweet games so I can know when to look at the game. <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe that's just it. Like maybe I should whenever there's whenever there's something notable going on, I should yeah. I, I should just weigh in. And like um like again, like literally 2 weeks ago, I was watching Rockets games basically on tape delay because I was so busy I couldn't watch them live. And I don't think anyone noticed until I said it. Like Until, until I said that I wasn't watching the games live. I was watching them after after uh, the fact. And I, I, I don't think anyone, literally no one noticed yeah. because no one was watching the games. 
Well, I mean, like, look, who's who's going to be like wanting a analysis of how the game went? Like, who needs gamers on these games? That's not the point at all right now. Oh, they lost. Why did they lose? Because rebounding. OK, great. Moving on. Yeah, it, it is uh, an entirely different universe. Um, I guess we should end on that on, the, on that note. I don't know where to end this. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I I thought I, I think we did pretty good here. No, no notes. Uh, you know, we were kind of going by the. the the fleet of our pants, right? Like I, I think we did all right for forty-five minutes, and hopefully nothing happens. Hopefully no trade happens. <laughs> like I feel like look, I, I jinxed it. Look. I feel like I jinxed it. I feel like I feel like there's a woge bomb coming down right now. But um, I don't. I don't have any alerts right now, so we're good as of this second. Oh, there it is. Oh, Depot just got. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, uh, I'm gonna upload this as soon as possible. Hopefully, it doesn't get outdated. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher if you enjoyed it. Give us five stars on iTunes if you enjoyed the show. It really helps other people find our podcast. Uh, follow me on Twitter at SomaliNBA. Follow Forrest on Twitter at D U N O T S. And yeah, guys, good night.